Hello and welcome to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. Uh, we are going to dive into some of the storylines around the NBA since the All-Star break and see how the league is shaping up as we come towards the end of the season. So Sam, what have you uh, thought of Embiid and Harden's partnership for their first two games? Uh, well, it's in the James Harden honeymoon period, isn't it? So it's been good for now. Yeah. Very good. I mean, their, their numbers for the first two games are ridiculous, aren't they? Uh, Philly's numbers. But I think any numbers looking at any numbers over two games is probably, um, yeah, not going to show you any trend, really, is it? Well, so they've also, they played the Timberwolves, who I think, I mean, they're not going to be good. At, they're not good at defending bigs anyway. And I think they're one of the worst teams in fouling. And then they played the Knicks, and they just fouled out. Uh, Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims like almost immediately um, so that helps that they've just both been shooting a thousand free throws a game but that's also part of it is that's just how it's going to be like that's the kind of the thing with this, these two is it's going to be kind of unwatchable at times but it might not be as dramatic I think Embiid had 27 free throws the other night but like, that's not going to happen every game but he averages 10 or 11 on the season. Yeah. And they're going to be in the bonus more. He's he's getting He was getting loads against the Knicks where it was just like, well, they'd got into the bonus like in the first few minutes of a quarter. And every time he tried to post up, someone was trying to fight with him. And it's like, well, yeah, you fouled him again there. And it was yeah. just two more free throws. Yeah, it might not be that fun to watch. Like, um, I think Harden at the Rockets at points was not not that fun, really. But it could be incredibly effective i think harden really is like the perfect skill set of the star you want next to Embiid. really i mean you know, i think making the way he's played so far is because yeah. the way the way he was off ball at times were both houston yeah. and brooklyn was not yeah i mean but if like he's, he's taking catch and shoot threes and actually if, just shooting yeah if he plays like that basically it doesn't matter what team he's on you're not going to be winning a title because he's because you can't win with one star at this point no. I mean yeah no you can't really and basically when he's playing like that it's, he just becomes a non-factor he doesn't have the ball and at some point the other star has to have the ball and do stuff and particularly when it's Embiid it's like going to be Embiid's team really um, but I guess the question is is whether this honeymoon period is going to last and is it is it a case that he just always wanted to go to Philadelphia with Daryl Morey. I think that's probably a lie. Well, it's not. Well, it's maybe not a lie, but he—if it was that clear—he just wanted Philly. He could have made it. He could have done what Anthony Davis basically did, or he could have angled it even harder towards wanting to go to the Sixers last time that he asked out. Yeah, but he didn't. He did do this short list. And it was like he wants to go to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, or he might go to the Sixers with yeah, Murray. And, and when he first went to the Nets, like you said, he was seemed very motivated. Yeah, I think playing with Kyrie Irving and all of the nonsense that has been around that team since he got to the Nets is probably what's made him realise. No, I did want to be in Philly. That was better. Um, but the on-court stuff, I mean, so far it just looks ridiculous. They've got a really tough run of games coming up that will be interesting. Um, they play the Knicks again tonight, which you've got to expect them to win pretty heavily. But they're like, they are, 
they're getting Embiid downhill quite a lot. And because he's not yeah. had like a proper playmaker who draws yeah, they're, attention. They're still playing quick, aren't they? Well, yeah, and like Harden's able to go out and run. And then there's these occasional things where like Embiid just comes like flying through the middle. And there's basically nothing you could do about it. If he's, there's not often yeah. he catches the ball on the move towards the basket. Apart from now, he started doing that with Harden. And it's like, well, he's just too enormous. And his hands are so good. It's not like he's going to fumble the ball. He just catches it and he's going at the basket. And it's like, well, you just get out of the way, I think, probably. And Maxi's been brilliant as well. Because he's, I mean, he's shooting 40% from three this year. But he can attack off the dribble and kind of keep the defense honest a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think with the Harden and Bede thing, is they're both players that often would end up getting double teamed a lot. And I feel like it's you can't double team both of them. I mean, no. basically if Harden has the ball, like giving it into Embiid in the post, he's he, a lot of time he's not going to have double teams on him anymore. And um, yeah, like Embiid one-on-one against anyone that's in the post is almost a certain basket. I enjoyed the Tim. I mean, the Timberwolves did make it, I think, quite easy for the Sixers. But they were like, they were playing really aggressively on Harden and like trapping him and then just leaving like no one with him. So Harden was just like yeah. throwing these passes over the top and Embiid was just stood exactly. there. I said, well, this is, this is not a good idea. But that's what loads of teams could have to face. I think, um, assuming they're like healthy and stuff in the playoffs. These are also two players who've had quite a lot of playoff mishaps between them. Yeah. Um, but I, I think as well, like this, I know this kind of perimeter, like inside combo of like just the level of players they are as well. But I've not had that for a long time in the NBA. Well, it's but, why the Kobe and Shaq comparisons are about. Yeah, I mean, they're not anything like that level. I mean, but... yeah. It's that sort of thing is where you have because even Yanis obviously just won the title and he basically scores like Shaq inside, but it's not the same and he's not as brilliant as he is. He's not the same sort of like he's not the same kind of big man, is he? No, I mean yeah, like sometimes plays point guard. Yeah, um, and neither Wait, as good as Middleton's been, he's not on the same yeah, planet as I was gonna say- Harden. I'm not. It's not probably not quite word from. It's quite the same word from Bede, but probably like as close as you get, while still being like an all-star level player these days. It's like a pure inside player. I mean, he he shoots threes, but and it well, at points he's hit loads of them, and he's just but he's been like, what do you do? But really, his game is inside in the paint, and then Harden, which really is a pure like perimeter player, obviously penetrating dribbles, but he's going to mostly have the ball on the outside. I think it's just that combo of like the sort of almost like stretching the defense um, inside as well as out. If you know what I mean, that you don't. It feels like it's very difficult that you've not had that since maybe Kobe and Shaq in the same way, where you there's a basically you've got players in, on the perimeter and inside that you want to double team, but you can't really do that. Whereas I feel like if you if you have two post players, for example, you can that they're close together and you can. There's no space. There's basically yeah. Oh, basically or, or Simmons. Even, yeah. Simmons and Embiid were really. It's like two guys who you're you're worried about them being near the basket. Um, the the Harden 
the massive Harden thing as well is that just having a proper playmaker, because as good as Maxi's been, he's like a combo guard. He's not like a pure yeah. point guard, which Harden basically is. Like, isn't he? I think he's second in the league in assists this year. That already you're seeing him getting the ball to Embiid in better positions yeah. in a way that he's never I, had. I'd say that's one good thing that has come out of Harden at the Nets, actually. Although, obviously, it just it went wrong. He decided he didn't fancy it anymore or something. Um, that he did start putting up Dick's assist totals, didn't he? Like, his scoring numbers maybe went down slightly from Houston. But it basically showed that, that it's like, okay, he can actually be, like, an unselfish player and, like, you know, which, which did suggest a bit more that he could play with another star rather than when he was when he was at Houston, I would have said, well, just the way he plays there, it's like there's no point having another star with him because he's, most of the time, he's, he's not going to give the ball to anyone unless they're going to shoot straight away. We'll see how that goes. Because, I mean, him and Chris Paul had a team that nearly beat the Warriors. But even then, when Chris Paul was doing his stuff, Harden was not running out to the corner to yeah. get an open three. I mean, he fired a couple of those off for the Sixers already. There's like I genuinely don't think I've seen James Harden move off ball, catch, and immediately shoot. Like he just—it's not something he does. And that if he does that, it changes so much. Um, we'll see about how long he stays happy and how long he keeps up that kind of team first. Yeah, moving off ball—that'd be the difference. But I think, as we said the other day, when we we're talking, if um, I mean he. Even if he only does it for a bit, I mean they've got a good chance to win the title this year, and you know maybe it's maybe this is how it is for Harden. He comes, he's motivated for about six months to a year, and then uh, and then you just trade him again. Yeah, you just have to do it quickly, <laughs> yeah. and hope and bead doesn't get hurt. Yeah, but it is looking promising, isn't it? I mean, and the Nets are like nowhere now. We'd rather who were many people's favourites before, so. I know it feels quite open the East at the moment at the top. I still, I, there's been some concerns about Milwaukee, um, like people not liking their sporting cast as much, like in the wider basketball conversation. I still am very much of the like, I need to see someone beat them to actually believe that's going to happen. Um, yeah. There's now this stuff with Simmons back, which may or may not be nonsense, but. Um, like he, he so he's he's clearly not going to come back until after the tenth because he doesn't want to play this Philly game. I understand they don't want that to be his first one, but then it's like well Durant's meant to be back soon, but they're already eighth. Yeah, it's not impossible they end up in the bottom half of the play-in, and then it's like well you know anything could happen. Yeah, um, I mean you assume. I mean, how long have we got left? How many games are we on at the moment? There's twenty something games, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, so yeah, if Durant's back soon. Maybe they go on a run push up, but they, it's it's difficult to see them getting home court in like the first round. Oh, I think that's almost there. gone already. I think that's almost gone really. They're four they're six losses behind fourth now. Okay. Yeah, that's quite bad. But you expect them you expect them to improve from where they are at the moment, I think, when they get Durant back. Well, and we're waiting on Kyrie. It sounds like the mandate. Some of it's been lifted, but not the bit that lets him actually play. But that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Nets, 
they're going to basically have to come in from. Yeah, they're going to have a tough run, aren't they? If they're going to do anything, but they are. Yeah, they're basically out of the the running for favourites though, because you've obviously got the Bulls as well. They've been up there all year. And DeRozan's just had. I got he had, it's like a streak of was it thirty five point games that basically it's like Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, James Harden, and someone else, maybe Kobe, and yeah. Demar Derozan, which is just he's, outrageous. It's outrageous what he's done, isn't it? Because he's that when they got him, I was kind of like, what is that about? I mean, what does he give them really? They but he's basically become just something else, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, just doing it at a different level. Like, he, he's he's almost, uh, I don't know. It depends on the classification. He might not make all NBA first team, ridiculously. Because, I mean, he's definitely a forward. Um, and, you know, Yanis and Bede and Jokic should be the front court in the first team. But, like, he's been, the pro- he's been the fourth best player in the NBA this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's potentially reckon in the MVP conversation. Um, I mean, he, yeah, sort of. I mean, if you're the fourth best player, I guess you're in the conversation. I think the top three are quite a long way ahead. That's the only thing. Yeah. But I so, mean, he's on he's on the fringe, I suppose. Yeah, because I, well, I mean, I, I think I've heard some people saying that they they think he's very much in the mix, but I don't, I'm not sure about that. I if if he finishes like. The rest of the season, if he goes on like a complete tear and does score at like 30 plus for the rest of the year and the Bulls get the top seed and they do that with... Because the other thing with the Bulls that I think Caruso I saw is like working out again today, but I'm not 100% sure like what the situation is with Lonzo. And Zach Levine's had some niggling injury stuff and Patrick Williams, there's some talk he's going to be back for the start of the playoffs. Like That matters a lot. Um, there's quite yeah. a lot of uncertainty with them there. They're a very weird team, the Bulls, I think, this year, because obviously they've had this great record. I mean, I guess you get this quite a lot, actually. Last couple of years, it feels like you've had this, where teams have worked out, maybe down to some of the other teams, like the Bucks worked out a couple of years ago about going the best for its um, record and break season doesn't actually matter that much. So yeah. sort of are not necessarily pushing for every win in the regular season. And then you get an upcoming team like this that is and they end up at the top of the pile but they are I mean their defensive rating is not good really as expected 18 for the league yeah which is you look at their roster and you sort of expect that it's worse than that whenever you look at like the recent samples as well because they started really well um well they're 22nd over the last 10 I, I remember looking at that before the all-star break and they were like 28th Last 15th, they're 26th. Only teams worse than them are the Rockets, Pacers, Nets and Pistons over the last 15 games. Defensively. Oh dear. Yeah, I mean, so that's the kind of thing, isn't it? That it's, they don't seem like a championship contender, despite their record. I just, I, I, for all we just said about DeRozan and their offence can potentially be like really explosive. I would not take them in a series over Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, probably Brooklyn if they're whole, and probably Boston, given how Boston have played over the last like month and a half. 
Um, I like like the the two way of Boston compared to Chicago, and yes. like what's going to happen with the the Bulls trying to deal with Giannis or Embiid? Like they don't. Yeah, they're, what, yeah, they're what, fun to watch because they play small, but like yeah, I mean, going back to earlier, what do they do about Embiid and Harden? Well, Harden, like, they might be able to slow him down a little bit because they're gonna if they've got Ball and Caruso and Desunmu. Yeah, Desunmu, oh, yeah, I guess they just put one of those guys on him. But I mean, the Embiid thing is like, well, I mean, I've seen Vucevic try and guard Embiid a few times, and it's usually not very yeah. pretty. I think that's the, such a dangerous thing with the Harden and Embiid thing is you look at rosters and you feel like there's there's not many teams you feel like in a playoff series that have really got guys that. You feel like you'd have any confidence in matching up against both of them? I mean, a lot of teams might have one, like someone you'd match up against Embiid and someone you'd match up against Harden. I mean, I, I guess the Bucks do. Yeah. Giannis like, defending Embiid in the post and then Drew Holiday on Harden feels like one solution to that. But there's there's not many other teams looking around that I think... Have that. Phoenix, Mikael Bridges on Harden. Yeah. Aiton on a bead. I, I think part of it, the interesting thing with the Sixers is the the not the fifth spot in their lineup. I don't who got who so it's gonna it's been Tybal so far and he's he's doing his cutting and stuff off ball, but when it gets to the playoffs, people are not gonna guard him and that's how they can double one of Harden and Embiid. Yeah. And that's where they've then, got the problem is do they but put because they need him defensively? They really need him defensively. Maybe now. maybe a lot then goes on Tybal because I yeah I've seen a couple of um, like well the coverage game was I watched a bit of uh, the, the, it was the next one actually um, so with the, one of the Harden and Embiid games and yeah Tybal there is like he, he was just being left open but then he's cutting really good cutter and if he can keep doing that then maybe maybe they do they. They do make it so you can't just, you know, completely leave them open all the time. Because then when you double team, if Harding can consistently find him. Yeah, so. well, that's the big thing, isn't it? Is the, the double yeah. team is harder. Like we've seen with Jokic so often. It's like, well, you've got to double him because he's like seven foot tall and seven foot wide. And he's just going to put you in the basket otherwise. But he also is going to find whoever you've yeah. doubled off of. Yeah. So he could end up being quite key for them, I think, actually, Tybal in the come playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. So I, the East is, you're right about being like completely wide open because that's why I kind of just revert to the Bucks. I've been pretty pro-Bucks all year and they have yeah. had some bad losses and they've been a bit up and down. Giannis is still putting up like he should be very much in the MVP race, and he is. He probably won't win MVP again through votes of fatigue and all of this stuff, and they're only fourth at the moment. But like he's still being like that. And Chris Middleton's having a bit of a quiet year, but I just I don't really believe that they're playing properly. That's part of it. It's like yeah. we know they've they've sort of pulled it back a little bit. And so I was like, okay, we'll see. Yeah, I mean that that was when they won the title. That was obviously what they were doing, wasn't it? Was it the year before they won the title when they absolutely blew everyone away in the regular season? Or was it? 
A they did it a couple of times. They did it a couple of times. Yeah. They, they flattened everyone the regular season and then it didn't and work. Choked it. And then they decide, okay, let's just not try that hard in the regular season. Um, and then they won title. So, yeah, they're probably doing that again. I mean, yeah, 29 points a game for Yanis. Kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. And possibly he could win Defensive Player of the Year because Draymond's missed so much time. Actually, he's actually, this is something I didn't actually realise, which I don't know, probably a lot of people have already, but shooting 30% from free, attempting almost four a game. Yeah. So all that stuff about, wow, imagine if you could shoot threes. Sounds like you can. Yeah, he's, he's, shoot, he's shooting quite a lot of them. Yeah. He's basically just, I mean, he gets better like every single year and he's the finals MVP and stuff i i, I said on a, I, was, I don't know if i was on the last podcast the one before that he's actually kind of underrated and i think he is because he's, he's basically completely unstoppable and he's still playing in milwaukee and i don't think anyone's looking but he's still he's playing Milwaukee, and it's like everyone just forgets about him like yeah. they did the, the nba 75 stuff he's like a top 25 player of all time and he's just turned 27 i just i look at yeah. Basketball reference play is absolutely stupid. Just silly. Yeah. Um, and the, the guys they've got around him, I mean, Sergio Backer as well, that's an interesting pickup for the size and again with like potential and bead matchup. Um, yeah, I, I, I have them top and then like a tier of three behind is Philly, Miami and Brooklyn, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, talking about Miami though, I mean, I think as I've said in this podcast before, I think maybe like preseason stuff as well, as I feel like they are always a good outside bet. And they are actually now top of the East as we speak. Yeah. Um, which obviously partly to do with mishaps with the Nets and other teams no, not quite else? going on all gears and whatever. But I mean, they've also not had their, like all their best players fit at any point yet. No, they've, they've and, still not played that many minutes together. And also, I mean, not that you probably expect much from him. I mean, Victor Oladipo apparently could be back like next week. Yeah, well, it's something though. Like, e- even yeah. if he can only play like 12 minutes a game, it's yeah. they're top of the East and they've not had him. And they're, they're top of the East and they've not, even their other guys, not including him, they've not had all them together and they're top of the East. I worry about their half court offense a little yeah. bit in the playoffs. Still. Well, I think it's it's their numbers on that have improved lately. I think on this good run, but I I think with that though is that when they have everyone fit, aren't they just gonna have so many options? I think they just they're obviously very versatile defensively. They like switch all the time, don't they? Pretty much. Yeah, well, they can just do whatever they want defensively. Yeah. They've got so many options. Yeah, but I think offensively as well. I mean, that's something they'll. Maybe they'll work out. Maybe they won't. But you just look because they've got they've got just like this core of like four or five like really good players. I think that I mean I'd put them like you know that like they've been all stars in like the last few years, and they could be all stars like the sort of borderline all star level players at least like four or five of them I'd say, and. I don't know. You feel like enough. There's just so many options. Don't you think? Like Bam, 
pick and roll. You've got the Duncan Robertson offense, and then Jimmy Butler. I think the Duncan the Robertson thing, though. So we, he started the year like ice cold. Yeah. And my thing with that is like, if he has a series where he just like it happens with shooters where he just can't make a shot. I know they then got Tyler Hero as well, but like, yeah, their shooting they, isn't great. Then you're suddenly into this. Jimmy Butler basically cannot shoot at all anymore. Although, I would point out uh, PJ Tucker is 45% for free. Yeah, this is true. But as in like a stand in the corner when he's yeah. usually wide open and chuck one up. Like, I, they're inventive enough that they can compensate for it. But I do wonder how that's going to look when there's loads of half court possessions and it's like we, they need Duncan Robinson to make his four yeah. threes. I, I think as well, though, I mean, when they need him to, I think Carl Lowry can still score yeah well that's what will be interesting is when it comes to the playoffs like how fresh does he look maybe missing some time now could prove beneficial like it does he look like a guy who's in the twilight of his career or does he look like the guy we've seen for toronto the last few seasons yeah i mean we i mean he's yet to i feel like he's yet to sort of get to that point where it looks like he's sort of done or on the way out I mean, he was he was good, wasn't he, all the way until to the end in Toronto. I'm playing less games. Last couple. It's more years. if he can like yeah. up his offensive workload, though. I think. Yeah. I mean, the fact he's down at 13 per game, taking like way fewer shots. Can he then take on a bigger yeah. role when they need him to? Yeah, because I think a lot of that is basically is just he his style play really a lot of the time particularly when he's yeah. around a lot of guys that are very capable he will he will be the pure playmaker yeah um then we should move on to the west we can do um we've got a bit of time we could do some of the west i mean it's kind of a little bit less interesting uh the lakers are a complete disaster zone their season is basically over. Stuff came out today, which is Wednesday the second, that Westbrook and the Lakers want to part ways in the off season. Okay. Oh, I've not seen that uh, yet. Amazing that's even news. <laughs> um is this season's a write off. Oh. I'm now at the point where they, I mean I, I want to see LeBron play basketball as much as possible because you yeah. don't know how much longer he's got left. But I know they don't why have don't, their pick. He, why why don't they play? actually just yeah. Why don't they trade him? Yeah. To the, to the Cavs. They've got the second worst net rating over the last 10 games of any playoff team, minus 3.1. The only one that's worse is the Nets. And some of those games, they weren't playing with like any of their players. The Lakers have had... Yeah. I. God, it is incredible, isn't it, how they managed to mess up? Because they actually, a couple of years ago, they had this they won team the title. with LeBron. And they actually had like loads of players that fit around him. And they literally traded them all the way from Russell Westbrook. But even which... last season, though, even last season, they had the guys. So the Harold thing didn't really work, and he was in the deal. But they gave away Kuzma, who has been amazing, actually. He's been amazing yeah. for the Wizards since Beal's been out. He's just putting up like 25, 8, and 6 just like every night. Just He's, he's, done, he's yeah. been brilliant for them. But they, they put Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope in that deal. And it's like, well, they seem like players you'd want to have next to. LeBron yeah, Anthony Davis. Someone that's going to shoot the ball and not hold on to it all the time. 
and can guard some people and they've just and they've ended up putting in loads of guys that can't guard and some that can't shoot but then they put the guys who can't shoot and it's like well, we can't put them on with westbrook so they then get put at the end of the bench so they're bringing some more people who can't guard i just yeah it is an impressive screw-up really from where they were yeah i mean part of it though is why it was was i mean lebron definitely would have been involved in that um wanting westbrook wasn't he i mean yeah so it's kind of he's not he's not about blame there is he really no at all um uh yeah yeah, I don't know how much more we can really say about the Lakers other than they're awful. Um, they might not make the play-in, genuinely. Because like, one team I wanted to mention as well is the Pelicans, who, since they got CJ McCollum, have really improved. I mean, they had that horrific start, and they're basically 500 since then. I yeah. think, didn't they? They started 3-16, and 16, I think. And since yeah. then, they've played almost exactly even. Um, defensively, they're up to 11th for the last 10 games. CJ McCollum over the last seven, 28, 6 and 6, and 43% from three. And they're managing split play lineups with him and these massive lineups with Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes at the four, and then Jonas Valanciunas. And it's like, you know, it's fun, it's different. And, you know, Zion might even play basketball again one day. Will he? I don't know. No, maybe not. I, I mean, that's the problem with them, really, isn't it? It's obviously. After Anthony Davis was all this, they're going to get Zion. And since then, it's all been about Zion. But, I mean, it's not it's not happened yet, has it? And who knows if it will. I mean, he's just injured way too much. Uh, and was, I mean, as, isn't there, have you seen the stuff, well, some stuff I saw about, I don't know, that he, maybe he's losing interest about in the, like the Pelicans, he might want to leave and all this. Like that might come yeah. up soon. Because he's due an, um, due an extension, isn't he, at the end of this year? Yeah. And, um, and what was it? I think there was something about when CJ McCollum came, he like didn't, they like, they, he they did, just haven't he didn't spoken. Contact. They have spoken now, but for, yeah. it was quite a while they, he didn't make any contact with him. And it's like a strange, slightly strange situation. This isn't some back end of the bench guy, either. this is like one of your co-stars. Yeah. Um, so I mean it's ridiculous isn't it I mean you you look at like where Morant is who obviously was the other big name in that draft I mean he's, what he's on doing fire now. at the moment as well he is yeah. absolutely on fire I mean he's yeah he's basically carrying a team to I mean probably the two players. seed yeah the way it's going they're probably going to get the two seed um I mean, they're <clears throat> the last 10 games, second in offense, sixth defensively. The half court is a little bit like the Heat. They've got a bit of a problem there. They're 23rd in points per possession in the half court. But then they get like a million offensive rebounds, so it helps them. And um, in transition, they're just unstoppable. Yeah. But that's, he's, yeah, he's in the MVP conversation. Yeah. I mean, just the Zion, the Zion thing is sort of like you find the team they've got there now. Now they've managed to get McCullum as well. It's, it feels like it could be so good, and it wasn't at the start. That you feel like it's doing better than it was at the start of the year. They should have been on the way somewhere, 
Yeah. And it, yeah. And now Zion obviously has been out most this year again, and it's just. Is he ever going to be fit? Because it, it's 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 kind of the thing with the NBA. You don't get as much of anything else, really. I think where there's so much of the franchise is really resting on that one player. Like if he's fit and like can stay fit and I mean be good, like well he is. He's just very very well, talented. Whenever he's played in that, the NBA, he's been incredible. Yeah, I mean Ingram McCullum with him and. I mean, Valanciunas is like a good, solid centre. It's like, they, I don't know, that feels, looks like a starting five that like could contend for a championship, to be honest. Maybe Herb, Jones gives them some, Herb Jones gives them some defence. Larry Nance on the bench, he can do some defensive stuff and a little bit of playmaking. Like, they've got so much there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, not necessarily a championship that soon, but like they, they should definitely, that would, you'd imagine, be a top six team. Because the other thing is Zion is not just he wasn't just like good for a rookie. He was no. like an all NBA player in the games he's played. It's just he's played so few games. We don't know what like any of this means. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's kinda of just a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um I the the West is weird, isn't it, as well? 'Cause like so they've now stuck got into tenth. They're level with Portland, but Portland's trying to lose. Like, they're sitting out their guys now, apart from Anthony Simons. Um, so the Lakers probably end up getting one of the bottom playing spots just by default, I would have thought. Then it, like, it seems like the Timberwolves are probably going to end up seventh. Maybe they, but they're four losses behind the Nuggets in sixth. The Nuggets are kind of interesting, like if Murray and Porter come back, which there's been some talk of now, then it's very interesting. Yeah. But who knows? Is Porter due back soon? Maybe. Well, there's been some talk of it, but I don't, like, I don't know what you can really trust in his health. Hoping to return sometime in March, is what the baseball ref- basketball reference says. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows with that? Dallas, Luca's gone ballistic again, but they, the trade they made with Paul Zingis was about opening up a chance to win in the future more than. They're not like anywhere near winning the title right now, I don't think. Uh, Utah, no. yeah, I, I don't. They beat the Suns the other night. Yeah, albeit without Chris Paul. Them. Yeah, um, and then Memphis is like, well, if someone who's going to get come out of the West other than the top two, I mean, it looks quite clearly to me it could be the Grizzlies that it just like John Morant has one of those playoff runs and. I mean, he's having one of those seasons, isn't he? So, yeah, and the Warriors, to be fair, there's so they they secretly had a James Wiseman second surgery that only just like randomly came out. He might actually be back soon. Don't know if that's going to help them or not. But Draymond, there's like not really that much news, and no, since he's been injured, they're only thirteen and ten. Yeah, it shows. I guess it really shows a lot about Draymond, doesn't it? Any like doubters by him about like you know when he's scoring like six points a game if he should be an all-star or all that kind of stuff. I mean, you really can't show any clear of just how important he is. On both ends as well. It's, so that defensively, they're obviously like worse because you have to be worse if you take Draymond Green out. Um, they're like just below average defensively over the last 15. But the offense just like, just completely craters. Yeah. That's quite odd, isn't it? Actually, I don't. 
Well, it's because they they don't really have the playmaking. It's so Curry right. can create some of his own stuff, obviously, but he then gets into having to create all of his own stuff, and they lose this like giving it to Green in the post or at the elbow, and he's just yeah. like picking up, and, and there's guys are flying off screens, um, and I guess as they they get worse defensively, they're then having to be in the half court a bit more as well offensively, which is worse. Um, but they so like the because the Chris Paul injury, I think they said it was about two months. Like that's a little bit threatening towards the playoffs. He get has a little bit of a hiccup with that injury, and I mean the Suns probably win a first round series without him, but don't know about a second round series. No. And the Warriors, if they don't have Draymond, like it's quite easy to see a thing where you, like you get to the playoffs and it's like, yeah, I, I could see the Grizzlies coming out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for them, they obviously there's no one. It's just Moran, isn't it, really, that matters? It seems like on that roster at the moment. Well, they've got so much depth, is the thing. It's like, not, I mean, Bain and Jaron Jackson and Stephen Adams are all really great. And losing them would hurt them a lot. But they just have so many good players that they just managed to fill in. And they did it all the way. That's part of the reason they've got such a good record. Or even when Morant was injured earlier in the year for a little bit, they just managed to like find the production from somewhere. Yeah. Do you have? Is there any more teams in the West that you reckon could come from the outside that are not outside of those top three? Really, there's not. Nuggets is the is the one I think. If they get their guys back. Yeah, the Murray's the one, though, isn't it? It's very doubtful. Well, I think that was a, there was a more positive update on him recently, but it's more like how long before can he come back? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so the, the top thing is they're both on track to return for playoffs or maybe sooner. It's like, well, if they're going to be the sixth seed, they need them back sooner. They can't have them like going into a series with Memphis or Golden State, like coming in cold. That's not going to be any use. No, it's going to lose, yeah. Yeah, but if, if they get those two back like a couple of weeks before even, and then they can ramp up and they're facing the Warriors and Draymond's only at 80%, yeah, I don't know. Who knows then? Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the big things to keep an eye on, really, isn't it? In terms of um, injuries and stuff, is the, the Nuggets, because oh, sort of forget quite how good they were as well like was it like only was like the second um, second half of last season was it well very briefly before Murray got hurt after they had Gordon yeah they were they were they were basically the best team in the NBA for a bit weren't they it was a really short period because of that horrible injury to Murray but um, there was I can't remember the exact numbers but it was Murray Barton Porter Gordon Jokic lineup was just like destroying everyone, and it makes sense. Like on paper, it looks like it should destroy everyone. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff that could change, isn't there? Really, between now, depending on when people come back from injuries and stuff, like teams that haven't even looked in it, like the Nuggets, for example, all season. 
if they get the guys back at the right time. Yeah, and Chicago's the same. I mean, like, how do they look if DeRozan keeps this up and they get Williams, Ball, Caruso back soonish with yeah. time to ramp up for the playoffs? And if like, Simmons gets in and settled for the Nets and Irving is allowed to play home games, then maybe yeah. the Nets are the favourites. Like, they they have, like, three weeks where they're just incredible. Yeah, and while the Heat, if they can have all their players fit at the same time at any point, like, they're good ones. Yeah, yeah that would be quite helpful. Um. But maybe they don't even need that. Who knows? Because they seem to be doing all right without that so far. Yeah. And then well, then what Victor Oladipo looks like is kind of just a bonus on top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, we've done a tour of the whole NBA, as we seem to often do on these podcasts. We, you know, go end up going around almost every team, all the relevant ones anyway. Um, yeah, we do them so infrequently. We need to like do a quick catch up. Yeah. Then, so. yeah. So maybe yeah, we'll do do some more targeted things or some more specific things next time. If we don't take another like however long. Yeah, we'll try and close the gap. Now, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know. I think we're done. I think we've done it. We've done the whole league. Yeah, we've so completed the NBA now. Just um, look at the website, like, comment, um, review, leave reviews. That's the big one, actually. This. Yeah, we'll have loads of reviews and five stars. But only, only five star reviews, actually. Um, anything else? Anything else, Sam? Anything else? That we need to. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, goodbye then. Bye.